Hello and welcome to the Monarch Human Performance Podcast. I'm your host, John Sillis. On this show, we aim to interview leaders from a range of performance disciplines within the tactical performance space to help you improve performance at the individual and organizational level. Now, on this week's episode, I sit down and chat to Jeff Johnson. Jeff is a retired Marine with over two decades of experience working with and training all manner of athletes and tactical personnel. He earned his bachelor's in health promotion and strength and conditioning whilst working at the University of Texas at Austin and maintains several other fitness, performance, and business certifications. In his current role, Jeff works as a fitness specialist for the Austin Public Safety Wellness Center, where he continually works to create a comprehensive entry-level physical training program for Austin Fire Department and Austin Travis County EMS cadets. He is also working to improve the return to work process and believes the longer members are on a restricted duty status, the higher the risk they will have of negative experiences that they will avoid in the future. Using an interdisciplinary team, with the intentional inclusion of behavioral health professionals. In this episode, Jeff talks about his career in the Marine Corps and his transition to his current work within Austin, the structure and delivery of the wellness program within the Austin Public Safety and Wellness Center, and how he sees this program expanding. Good afternoon, Jeff, and welcome to the podcast. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. No problem, Jeff. Thank you very much for coming and sitting down and chatting to me, dude. And also, thank you very much to Mr. John Hoffman for putting us in touch with each other. Absolutely. That guy's a legend. Yeah, he's a, good, he's a really good bloke, that guy. Anyway, uh, Jeff, you know, it's been really nice getting to chat and get to, you know, know you a little bit off camera, dude, and just chatting about some of the work you're doing. For anyone who hasn't come across you and the work you're currently involved in, can you just give us a little bit of a background of where your career started out and where you're currently at? For sure, yeah. Um, I kind of... Uh... I kind of look at the, the bigger picture for me as um, I think I was just born to serve. Um, it's where I take my greatest pleasure from. It's where I've had my biggest successes. Um, and, and it really kind of started um, at an earlier age, but professionally it started when I joined the Marine Corps straight out of high school. Um, it's, uh, you know, I did 20 years in the Marine Corps and I loved every minute of it. It was amazing. Well, I didn't love every minute of it, but looking back, it was all wonderful. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we often hear people say, well, thank you for your service and things of that nature, which is, is always wonderful. Um, but until recently, I didn't really understand that it was a service thing because I was having so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I realized it was time to leave the Marine Corps, that was kind of my, my path to my next step was how can I continue to serve others? How can I continue to um, take the knowledge that I have and the passion that I have to help other people? Um, and that, that passion and that experience came from the military and also just from my own desire to, to be at a high level physically um, and to perform at a high level. Um, so when it came time to leave the Marine Corps, um, you know, I, I had this massive um, foundation of how to train myself. Um, I made it a goal early in my career to get a perfect score on every physical fitness test in the Marine Corps. Um, I missed one while I was, while I was deployed. Um, but my last one uh, before I retired was a perfect score. And, and um, my pride in that helped me with, to build my education in that. But it also helped me to um, gain my experience because um, during that period, there weren't exactly a lot of coaches running around the military. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't spend a lot of time teaching us 
how to be in shape. They just said, be in shape. So, um, so I figured it out at least good enough. (laughs) And, um, because I was being successful in that arena, well, then naturally that pulls others to you, Mm -hmm. which gave me the opportunity to then begin to learn how to be a coach. And, um, and as you well know, uh, that's a forever process and, um, each, each time it's so frustrating and so amazing. So uh, when it came time to leave the Marine Corps, I realized that that would be my path to continue to serve. Um, There's, you know, helping people take care of themselves is just about as good as it gets. And um, I also knew that my comfort level and my true heart was with the tactical community. Um, Not to mention the fact that with, you know, with 20 years in that community, um, it would be a shame to just let those experiences and let that, that knowledge and wisdom just wither away. So, um, that's when I decided to take my experience and add a better education. So, uh, after I retired from the military, I went to the university of Texas at Austin and, um, got my degree there in health promotion and strength conditioning coaching. Um, I had a couple of really great opportunities while I was there to do some internships um, at UT and then at a um, smaller college in the area um, and then just kind of work with various aspects throughout the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really uh, I graduated and a few months later, I just, my, actually my wife found the job posting for me for Austin Fire Department. And um, I was honestly just amazed that I would have such a, such a perfect opportunity because I knew that the tactical population was where I belonged. It's where I could best serve. And to, to have an opportunity to show up that was so perfectly tailored for me so early from my retirement and um, my college degree, um, I, I jumped all over it naturally. So that was about uh, 2016. And um, so I'm, I just crossed my five-year mark with Austin Fire Department. Um, and while I've been there, it's, it's been, uh, man, it's, it's been a whirlwind, um, much like in the military, everything happens so quickly and yet so slowly that, um, it's easy to lose track of the calendar in both directions. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I was, again, I, I was very fortunate to get this job because it is, um, it's really a, a it's a world-class program that Austin has. Um, it incorporates all of the things that will help us um, take care of those who take care of us. And um, so now I've been there for about five years and we're still continuing to grow. I'm still definitely continuing to grow and learn um, and, and just um, you know looking for the next challenge and looking for the next growth opportunity so that I can be prepared for it. That's really cool, dude. And I mean, it's a, it's a great background to come through from going through the Marines and obviously going back into college to get your, your degrees and then into the, the uh, fire department in Austin there as well. You're saying with regards to, you know, setting out to have the perfect fitness scores throughout your time in the, in the Corps. Was fitness something you were big into throughout your high school or was it something that really developed when you were in the Corps? Yeah, I've, um, I've always been an active person. Um, I grew up in a really small town out in the sticks in Minnesota. Um, 
you know, you just, that's what you do. You go out and you do stuff. Um, and then as soon as I was old enough, I, I played sports and, and I just always, um, I think as it is for many people, it was just a good place for me. I always made me feel better, belonging, health, just all of those things that, that athletes pull that aren't on the X's and O's. Um, and, and, and those are the things that set me up, uh, you know, having that good foundation, you know, we're learning now, um, unfortunately a little late in my opinion, how important it is to have diversity in young athletes. Um, and, and I had that built in because not only did I have my school activities and my sport activities, but then I came home and I did chores and I split wood and I, you know, and I, and I mowed the yard and I did all of those things. Um, so I was already uh, interested and enjoyed the physical aspect. I think that's really a major component of what drew me to the Marine Corps over the other services. Yeah. And, um, and then I got to the Marine Corps and I realized that, um, even within this organization, if I apply myself, I can use my fitness and my understanding of it to stand out. Mm -hmm. um, this is, you know, this is an organization that places uh, a strong emphasis on that. And so it was a great, it was a great opportunity for me to do the things that I enjoy, but make it more than just enjoyment. It, it really, truly, um, I believe, kept my career moving forward at a high level. Um, it was something that I talked extensively with as I moved up the ranks and, and I had opportunities to work with younger um, recruits and, and young Marines and things of that nature. And, and it's a message that I've continued to, to try to share with um, not just my first responders, but just people in general, um, how much of a difference it really does make to take care of yourself in some way whether your path is through mindfulness or um, things of that nature, or your path is through the physical part, they're both important and they both play such a huge role. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's even more important to communicate that, especially to our, our tactical athletes, um, because I think much like myself, they are, um, they're people of service, they're givers. They always put others first and, um, as hard as it is to say so, sometimes you do have to put yourself first because if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of anybody else. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, that's my, that's my, that's, that's what I preach is um, just, just move, stay fit, you know, motion is lotion. Definitely, man. I like that last point as well. I've heard that said a few times, um, the, the term of you can't pour from an empty cup. So you obviously need to look after yourself and have that filled as well. Um, terrific obviously your time during the in the core as well you're saying fitness wise you're big into it guys are generally given the direction of like right go stay in shape but not really that direction of how to did you see that change at all over your time in the core is that just consistent and more at the tail end or anything yeah um i would say probably around the early 2000s there started to be a little bit of a shift and a little bit of awareness that um, that you can't just go and throw on your boots and your pack and go run for eight miles every day. It's just not going to work. Um, and and I think we all know that there are a few factors there. Um, one, we've just we've gotten smarter. Um, we understand the body better. We understand how to manipulate our body better. Um, I also believe, and this always sounds like the old man talking about the young kids, but 
But I think it's pretty clear if you're in this business, you can see that there's just been a, a shift in society. There's a societal shift. It, it comes with technology, right? We are always trying to make our lives easier. Well, sometimes there's a hidden cost for that. And so, um, you know, the people at the top with the big brain said, oh, well, you know what? We're not getting the same type of physical specimen that we used to get. So we have to take a different approach to how we're ensuring that they are prepared to successfully execute the mission because the mission doesn't change. Yeah. Um, if it does change, all it does is just add more to it. So, um, so that was, um, that, that was, that was a, a major factor, I think, in the initial switch where they started to look at more specificity and say, well, for the Marine Corps, our physical fitness test is running, uh, at the time, sit-ups, which then became crunches, and pull-ups. Those are wonderful. Those are great. Those are wonderful measures. Great tests for coaches. Um, but what about the application on the job, right? What about the specificity? So they came up with the combat fitness test, mm -hmm. which, you know, was more relevant. And, and I think that was the first step in recognizing that we need to train smarter with our military. Um, and so then along with that, you know, a few years later now, I guess probably a decade and a half to two decades now, um, here we have the U S army and air force putting these huge, huge programs together and bringing on all of these coaches and developing these great, um, human performance, uh, programs. And, um, I, I, I know in my heart, based on my own experience that, my goodness, is that going to be um, a monster to um, to get really to the to the vision of what people want it to be? Um, but I truly believe that it's absolutely critical. Yeah. Um, we have a huge, we have a whole generation that just missed so many important physical steps. Um, you know, reduced reduced gym class reduced recess, you know, all of these things and, and we're, it needs to be accounted for. So I think that slowly we're getting there. Um, and, and, you know, my personal hope, professional hope is just that um, we can get enough traction on it and, and get it going at least well enough so that um, I guess on a bigger picture, we can take better care of our people um, because what they do, all of our, all of our tactical athletes do hard damn jobs. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. There's, there's no other way around it. It's a hard job physically, mentally, and everything in between. Definitely. And hopefully over time, we'll see more and more of those performance programs come into different organizations as well, mate. And I know you've been part of them as well. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about your time at UT as well, Jeff, because obviously you went there after getting out of the core doing your, was it the background in health and strength or something or wellness right it was um yep health promotion and uh, strength conditioning coaching yep okay okay cool so when you came out of the marines was it always the, the goal of getting the education and back into the tackle organization just to work with those people because i know within you said you interned in sports while you're there that to me having someone like yourself come into that program as an intern you've already got the coaching background from your time in the marines also, you have well, a lot of other coaches who would be interns, don't have a years of leadership and teamwork experience. So to me, you'd be a high value commodity in the coaching world there. So what, what steered you away from staying in college to go and 
impactful? Sure. Um, well, the the nice answer is that I just like tactical better. Um, they're my people. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's different groups have different personalities, um, and that's a group that I'm comfortable with. I can um, speak some of their language. I had to learn fire. You know, it's a little bit different than military language, but um, and honestly, the other part of it was, um, you know, I think I was. I don't know, 41, 42, something like that, uh, 41, mm-hmm. when I finished my degree. And um, when I started, I, I really did think I wanted to go in the direction of sport. Um, I, I just, I, I thought I would really enjoy it. Luckily, maybe that's why smart people say you should do internships, because when I got there and I had a better understanding and a clearer picture of what the actual job entails, mm. um, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't quite as awesome to be a, a collegiate strength coach yeah. at least for me at that point in my life um it's a super duper job it's just not exactly family friendly yeah. it's not exactly personal interest friendly it's not exactly financially friendly mm-hmm. um and um i had kind of just left one of those jobs <laughs> after 20 years so um so that those are really the two main reasons. Um, I, I do believe that if I had pursued whatever my path was, um, I believe in myself. I believe in my experience and I believe in my education. And I believe that I could have gone to any field and been successful um, because I believe that if you work hard enough, you will find success. Um, luckily for me, I had the opportunity to do those internships that helped me steer um, because the other part of it is I am also not looking to move every three or four years again. Yeah. I, I also lived that life for a while. Um, so that's where I kind of finally made that, that last decision, right? Honestly, right around the time that I found that job posting, mm-hmm. um, we decided we wanted to stay here in Austin and, um, and this job came up and there was just, there was no way that this was not an amazing job for me. Definitely not. Uh, obviously, with making that move to Austin Fire uh, Service as well, just the initial time there at the program, you said you've been there for five years. When you came in, was the program already established and growing, or were you there at entry level when the program was just getting started up? Um, so our program, so I joined in um, 2016, fall of 2016, and the actual like very, very beginning of the program, I believe, was in 2005. Okay. So it had been around for, for an extended period of time. However, about the time that I got there, um, we were really kind of hitting the reset button. Um, when they hired me, they said, we are looking for people with a startup mindset because there had been a lot of um, personnel turnover and, and, and really had been kind of shrunk down to the bare bones at that point. So it made it a good time to do that. And um and also we had the, the leadership support to do something like that. And instead of looking at how we can restaff what we've already done, um, we decided to look at how do we staff what we want to do? And more importantly, what our customers want us to do. So, um, so it was a great, it was, it was perfect because I love that challenge. Um, I have plenty of experience starting and building teams. 
And, um, and so it was a great fit. And that was exactly what we were able to do. We took our, our most basic things of, of medical exams and um, held on to those and rebuilt everything else. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not going to say that it's been super awesome the whole way because I'm not going to tell a fib. Um, but it's, um, I've learned so much, um, that I thought I already knew. And, um, it's just, it's, it's so wonderful to be able to look back even after only five years and, and see change and see growth. Um, you know, it, it makes it a lot easier to, to show up Monday morning. Definitely, I mean, I 100% agree with you, like, you know, starting anything new or, you know, going through that growth, it's always going to have that uncomfortable and that hardship sort of phase to it. So it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows every day, as we know. That's right. And so how, how's that structure look now within the department since you've been there for the five years? You know, what's, what's that overall delivery looking like? Yeah, so really, um, when we did our rebuild, we didn't necessarily change the world um what we really tried to do is expand mm-hmm. um and expand and um i guess go towards a more holistic approach um the advantage that we had is that we already had all of the components in place mostly we just had to figure out how to connect them all and to build a system that would allow our population to um, be exposed regularly to all of the different facets of their wellness. Um, So we we are super fortunate in Austin because we, um, so we were one of the original WFI cities. Um, There were 10 cities in 2005 that the IAFF, the International Association of firefighters, their, their, their union, and the IAFC um, created the Wellness Fitness Initiative. And this went out to, you know, basically the world's firefighters. And um, it's still, it, that, was our, that was our, essentially our founding document. Um, and it's a terrific document. It has, uh, it's still extremely relevant after all of these years. Um, a lot of different things have come out that use a similar approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they put that, when they made that thing, they, they did it right. And, um, so, so we have still maintained that, you know, the general idea behind that is there are five pillars of wellness, um, physical, uh, like fitness, medical, um, rehab. And, and I always clarify this, uh, I didn't know until I got involved with fire that rehab has two different meanings. Um, we have rehab from the performance, uh, you know, physical therapists and all that. Firefighters have rehab on scene where they pull their stuff off and cool down and, and get right so they can go get another shift or whatever the case is. So when nowadays I've learned that whenever I say rehab, I have to clarify. Um, but anyway, so uh, that's one of the pillars um, and then mental health and then data collection. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's what we have and that's what we're working with. And and we are, are just so exceptionally fortunate because our overall wellness staff, we have two um, psychologists. We have uh, one medical, uh, um, one doctor, occupational health, and we're hiring a second. 
we have uh, three nurses. We have, when we're fully staffed, four fitness professionals. Um, and then in addition to those standard civilian um, positions, we also have a um, peer fitness trainer group and a peer, um, peer support uh, group for our um, behavioral health aspects of it. So these are uniformed and civilian members that are just kind of volunteers and they're always there. Our, we pay our PFTs and we do pay our, our peer trainers um, and, and things of that nature. But, but overall, it, it starts with a volunteer, right? Like this is something that I care about. This is something that I wanna be a part of. I wanna volunteer for these extra duties. Um, let's see, did that cover everything? Doctors, psychologists. Yeah, so as you can see, um, extremely fortunate. So many places um, can't, can't get anything. Uh, they, they can't even get a, a personal trainer um, or, or, you know, somebody, uh, you know, maybe the chaplain can come and talk to us or something like that. So, um, you know, if it ever comes time for me to go to a different place, it's going to be a really interesting transition to try to understand. I've been quite fortunate to not have to wear um, all of the hats at the same time. Um, and I appreciate that. Uh, it was not common in my previous uh, professional life, um, which is great, right? Because now it, it does, not only do we have these services available, but now each one of us has the opportunity to do better within our own specialty. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a really kind of tangential thing is, man, we have some super, super great conversations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you can get all of those people every day in the same place, um, talking about the same things, um, it's really exciting for us. Um, and it gives, it gives me opportunities to do things like this. Um, you know, because we've been established, because people know about Austin, um, we get other fire departments that call us up or email us and say, hey, we're working on this, working on that. Um, and, you know, the, the further I can, I can reach, the further I can extend my help and my service, well, that's, that's the better. As long as nobody, as long as I don't have to take from somebody else to give to somebody, um, I, I want to share with the whole world. There's nothing better than that. So, um, so our structure is, it, there's not many out there like it. Um, we're, we're extremely grateful. Um, and, and I know our population is as well. Um, now, you know, obviously that still comes with its own challenges. Um, you know, sometimes information silos, um, are not negative, right? Um, certain people have things going on. Not everybody needs to know about that. Um, and so you could list that as a challenge. Um, but the benefit is again, we're all professionals and we all understand that. And we all know how to um, be aware and um, not get involved in things where we shouldn't get involved in things. That is an incredible team to have under one organization. After having chatted to some different uh, people within the fire service, like you say, resources can be quite limited for a lot of departments as well. So that's incredible to hear. Is there any plans for you guys, Jeff, to expand out that team I don't know, taking in something like dietics or anyone else like that to come in? 
for sure. Absolutely. Um, I'm always about growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the city council, maybe not so much, but, um, but I absolutely am. And uh, every chance I get to talk to one of the chiefs or, or somebody, I'm telling them, I'm telling them about all the things that we can do. And, and um, overall, for me um, and several others in the organization, really our next target is to improve our rehab program. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working for a few years now to try to get an athletic trainer on staff. Um, or a physical therapist, but, um, you know, knowing that somebody has to pay the bill, um, I've decided to, you know, adjust accordingly and also knowing our population and what we're really capable of, of putting into place, um, to get the fastest return on investment, um, or the most effective return on investment. And for us, I, that's probably an AT, um, and an athletic trainer and, um, you know, in doing something like that, I mean, I, I've, I've talked to several, matter of fact, San Antonio, um, just south of us, uh, they have an, uh, an athletic trainer down there who, her name is Dina Kilpatrick, and she built the entire program. She went to that department and said, hey, here's some things I can do for you if you let me. And they did. And it's amazing. She's amazing. Um So I've worked with her. I've worked with um, the University of Texas, some of the... Um, the uh, professors and stuff over there that are involved in their athletic training program to try to gather data. And, you know, because if you want to hire somebody, you got to show how they're, how they're going to contribute. So I've, I've been working really hard on that because um, I believe that I believe in the, in the concept of the tactical athlete. I, I, I believe it wholeheartedly. Um, I've been a tactical athlete. I know what that feels like. I've been an athlete. I know what that feels like. And now I'm coaching and I know what that feels like. And these are athletes. And um, I think because of that, we need to look at that model. And that is, that is one of those areas that I see others doing. Um, the NSCA is doing a really good job in that respect. Uh, matter of fact, um, one of the, uh, I think he was actually just elected as the president of the NSCA. Uh, he recently put out a paper, Brent, Brent oh, Alvar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he just recently put out a paper and it's, um, it's called, uh, let's see, A New Model for Optimizing Firefighter Human Performance. Amazing article and just so spot on. Yeah. And, and really, it's, it's, it's a mirror of, of what elite sport programs do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I look at that and I just think about all of the things that we could do with that. And, and just as importantly, if I'm trying to get people to sign off on this, I think of the dollar bills that truly can be saved. Um, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of people are not aware of, we look at our, our first responders as, um, you know, first responders. We don't often look at them as employees. Mm. They, they, in many ways are corporate employees. And so because of that, there's a workers compensation program and that, you know, there's a lot of money that rolls through there. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of um, things that are required to happen in that process that slows it way, way, way down. And um, I'm gonna try not to preach too much here, 
But for me, this is a huge, huge issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I was injured a couple of times in the military. We'll just say a couple of times. And um, I never properly rehabilitated. I never, ever did. One, because it's my personality and that's the way these types of people are. But two, because I had to go away to a different place and I had to refocus. I'm not with my people. I'm not doing my job. Part of my identity is gone. I don't feel good. I'm in pain and all of these things. Then sometimes because they're corporate employees, because there's a worker compensation thing, there's backlogs. There's backlogs for medical. There's backlogs for money. All of these things. Meanwhile, our members are just sitting there dying on the vine. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sounds dramatic and it's not that way for everybody, but I can tell you a vast majority of the firefighters well, first responders that I talk to that are on a limited duty profile are miserable. They're miserable. And that's only part of it because after that, um, they're, 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 they're just, they're falling apart inside and out. They're there all alone. Um, they want to go back to work, but they can't. And so, as soon as their doctors will allow them to go back to work, they do. And I'll tell you straight up, I've got a relationship with enough of them to be honest with me. They know that they're not ready to go back to work. They know it, but it's better than the alternative. And um, so for me, really, this has been that I I think probably this is the, the, what's the saying, the rock I'm choosing to die on or something like that, because um, because I've had the personal experience and now I see it in others and, um, it, it's, it's, it's a really frustrating thing, you know, when you're, you're trying to take care of the people and all they want to do is just go to work and you just, you just can't get them back to work. Um, and I, and I know, I know because I've seen the models, I've looked at the numbers. I know that we can do better than that mm-hmm. and we can do better than that and save a whole bunch of money. Um, but Again, I'll step off of that pulpit. Um, but for me, that's what we're what I what I'm personally really looking at. Um, on a bigger scale, we have recently consolidated. When I first started, we were fire and EMS only. Um, we have recently brought on police as part of our thing. So now we are um, a, a actual public safety wellness center. Um, we're slowly developing a governing board with members. Uh, of each of our agencies, both management members and union members. And we hope that within the next, I'll just say X years, that what we'll be able to do is kind of uncouple from our agencies and become our own entity. Um, Obviously that requires a lot of different things, but with that, not only do we hope to be able to provide better services, because one of the options is billing for services. Um, obviously it all goes through insurance. So we're not taking money from our, from our people. Um, but in doing that, we hope that we will have, we will be less restricted and less directed by the leadership of the organizations and more directed by um, our experts and our science. 
Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, you know, we can find that better place where we can reduce a little politics and increase a little bit of just care. Yep. Um, we, um, we recently added, we do mandatory non-punitive annual assessments, medical and fitness. And we recently added um, one of our um, psychologists to that rotation as well. So when we're not um, bogged down with all of the COVID stuff and we get back to normal business, um, all of our firefighters every year, they will come through our clinic and they will get um, fitness and medical and they will also get a check-in with behavioral health. And um, we haven't had the opportunity to really dig into the metrics on that yet. It's been going for a little while, um, but uh, what I have been told in conversation is um, it's a real win for us. Obviously not for everybody. Um, We're all aware of of the various stigma involved, um, especially with our populations when it comes to behavioral health. Um, But part of having this massive program and massive staff is that provides us more voices to um, squash that talk. And um, hopefully, you know, we're moving in that direction. Definitely, and that sounds awesome to, to hear as well, just that growth factor there as well, Jeff. It's in about having the individual center and bringing the, the police on as well with fire and EMS. <clears throat> it takes me back to a conversation I had with uh, retired Major Donnie Bigham on this, and he was saying a similar thing about you know trying to build individual s- satellite centers for just bringing in everyone from police, fire, EMS, he included like, you know, your, your National Guard or Army Reserve in there as Absolutely. well, all under one roof. So one factor, you know, you've got guys sharing costs with this, but also it's guys from similar backgrounds as well who can feed off each other and all have that sort of thing of what's going on within the city as well. Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. You know, you go to these, um, you know, you, you go to a, a, a um, well, my type of football or your type of football, um, you know, you go to their organizations and they've got it all. It's yeah. all there. They, that's where they go to work and everything that they need to do their job, which includes all of these things, mm-hmm. they're right there for them. And, and that's why, aside from those, those people work real hard, but that's why they're able to do the things that they can because they've got the support that they need to keep them going. Nice. And I just want to pull it back there for a bit, Jeff. You said, obviously, you're very fortunate to have such a large professional team around you guys there within the health and wellness and performance side of things. You know, how, how is that structure running? How often do you guys meet as a, as a whole staff, as a weekly, as a monthly? And do you bring in upper management and union members into those meetings as well? Yeah, so um, starting kind of at the top level, we have... We have um, our governing board is what we refer to, you know, that we're trying to build basically our board of directors. Um, so they meet quarterly um, and, and really, you know, they understand it's a long process and they're working diligently, but, but purposefully in developing, you know, SOPs and, you know, making sure all of the organizations are staying happy with our product and all that kind of stuff that they, that they need to do to help us do what we need to do. Um, and then below that, um, just within our clinic staff, well, so our, 
as you can imagine, our psychologists are um, booked beyond booked and they just stay that way. So they, in the average day-to-day life, they kind of operate uh, independently aside from them coming over to support our annual exams. Um, But our fitness staff and our medical staff, um, we, for the most part, work together in the same building. We have some satellites that we we do, but, but for the most part, we're there in the same building. We try to have meetings at least once a week. And then, you know, our medical staff, they'll have their meetings once a week and our, our um, fitness staff will have meetings once a week. But that's generally about as much as we need um, when we have, we, we recently restructured and brought in a program manager. Prior to that, it was just kind of, oh, well, you're the fitness lead or you're the new nurse supervisor and, and, and well, you're the doctor, so you're kind of in charge of everything but there was no clear path and there was no clear delineation and, and things of that nature. So, um, you know, like many things that are ad hoc, it just, it, it struggled to grow. Um, and they recently realized that once they created this board and, and took a better look at our structure and they, and they created a, a project man, or a, a program manager position. So now we do have kind of one person that is at least holding all the pieces close enough to work together, if not all the way together. Um, And that really makes a big difference for us uh, because as you can imagine, um, on a lot of things, there's a big separation between say, a strength conditioning coach and a nurse and what they have to do and how they look at how they have to do it and how do we make them all fit together. Um, So that's been a, 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 a big improvement for us and really helped us to um, all pull in the same direction really is what it comes down to, um, which is, is hard to do that. Again, when we talk about how wonderful it is to have this large, um, staffed organization, well, yes, but we all also then have our own little way that we want to do it. And, um, we all have our own interests. You know, the nurses are not very concerned about getting better PT scores for our, (laughs) for our cadets or, or whatever the case is. I don't, I'm not, I'm not concerned with which cadet needs a, a, a hep B vaccination. That's not my problem. I don't want to deal with it. Um, so we, we really, again, another area where I think we do well is we've been able to really reduce our, our meetings. And uh, I guess a positive spin on COVID, um, that's part of why we did it. Um, I think a lot of businesses are realizing how much time was lost in meetings. Um, yes, we still do it now, but now it's done this way. It's done virtually. Um, it's, it, it's just less waste. I don't have to drive across the city and driving across Austin in the middle of the day might be 20 minutes and it might be two hours. And, um, so it's that much less that of time wasted and we can get down to business. We can handle our business and then we can all go back to helping our people. Awesome. 100% agree. It's good to have someone like that as a program manager come in and just oversee everything as a whole. And it stops that, what can occur of just that infighting between disciplines because- Absolutely. Well. Are you starting to structure the program to suit your discipline a bit more away from mine? That was program manager is a bit more neutral, we'll say, sort of thing. Yep, yep, yep. Well, obviously, Jeff, everyone who comes on this podcast, I'm always intrigued to know what they're doing for their own development and their own learning. 
I know you mentioned briefly there about Brenda Alvar's uh, article as well that you've been reading up on as well, but on this, could you give us a, a book, an app or website you personally found useful for your own development or your own education? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the advantages that I had, I think, uh, coming from a military background is I'm familiar with government operations. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that I like about government operations is things are written down. Um, there are policies, there are um, SOPs, um, you know, all of these things that um, help you understand um, what the rules are and, and how to accomplish certain things, who you need to talk to, what the order is, all that kind of stuff. So um, for me, part of the reason that I chose to go back to the, to the tactical side of it is because I know it's written down somewhere. So my first goal when I got hired was to find all of those rules that the fire department had and read at least the ones that were pertinent to me. Mm -hmm. um, once I understood the way that my department worked and my center worked, then I was able to branch out a little bit um, because initially I was working 90% fire and about 10% EMS. EMS has gone up and also uh, police has gone up because we didn't have police on board when we, when I first started. But um, once I kind of understood the local stuff, then I started to branch out a little bit more, which meant um, for, um, for fire, I started to look at the NFPA, which I believe is the National Fire Protection Association, right? They put out basically the standards for all things related to fire from building construction to a um, occupational uh, health fitness program. So, um, you know, like a, a couple of examples like NFPA 1580 is fire department, occupational safety, health and wellness. Um, the one that I use the most was 1583 health related fitness programs. Um, there was nothing in there that was going to teach me how to program, but there were things in there that helped me understand the bigger picture of how to tie what I already have into the fire service. Mm -hmm. And it also helped me understand how to speak their language. Um, I think, um, you know, anybody who's ever transitioned from community to community, especially as a coach, you learn very quickly that you, you, you have to learn the language, um, learn the lay of the land and language. It's no different than traveling to a foreign country. Um, I speak a couple words of Spanish. I might survive, but if I want to be effective, I need to learn more. And it was no different. You know, I, I spoke a couple of the, the things coming from the military to fire, but they're, the, most of the language is different. So using those really, really helped me to one, understand their job better, which if I don't know the job, at least on some levels, I certainly can't coach to it. Um, but it also helped me, you know, learn the language. Um, along with that was, I, made, I mentioned earlier, the WFI, the Wellness Fitness Initiative. So um, IAFF puts that out and um, it's currently in its fourth edition and um, tons and tons and tons of great information there. Um, if I had to make a recommendation for somebody who wants to work with fire in a performance capacity or really um, in any capacity, understand, just take a look at NFPA. It's, it's available anywhere. Um, take a look at it. They're just, they're little tiny thin books and read what you want. At least it will help you start to have 
some concept of what you're looking at um, because it's not sport and um, it, it's the, the, the stakes are a lot different. Um, and so the WFI did a really, really great job of, of helping me understand fire. Um, and, and really, like I said earlier, those five pillars, um, it, it builds a nice framework to be able to grow within. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, NSCA essentials of strength training, NSCA essentials of tactical strength conditioning, um, those sit on my desk because uh, that's how often I look at them. Um, it's for me, it's really easy to get caught in a rut when it comes to training and programming. Um, Cause when it works, it works. It's great. Just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Mm, you know, maybe not, maybe not. You should, you know, you, every once in a while you got to take them out, dust them off and, um, and take another look at them. And, um, and so the NSCA um, texts have just been a really nice reminder when I feel like I'm, I'm just, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but sometimes I get too fancy. Um, I just, I, I just think that I need to um, write the best program that there ever has been. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not always the case. And so um, often when I'm looking at this program and I'm going in circles, um, I'll, I'll just bust out one of my textbooks and say, all right, what, let's talk about energy systems. Yeah. Let's bust this thing down. And, and what, what am I, what effect am I trying to create and how do I get there? And surprise, surprise, uh, 10 minutes later, I've got it all figured out. So, um, so for me, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not out there, I guess, maybe on the, on the cutting edge of the, of the best books. Um, you know, I could list all, all of the, you know, creating buy-in and, and, you know, a lot of standard stuff, but for me, um, I'm a, I'm a nuts and bolts, um, simple is beautiful. It, kiss I'm, I'm the kiss method all day long keep it simple stupid i know who i am i know where i can best perform and that's that's my zone so um those are the things that really really have made a difference for me yeah, there's some solid resources there jeff so thank you very much for them mate i'll make sure I put them in our show notes and you know i feel like i completely agree with you as well i think sometimes people will accelerate past the basics to get to the fancy stuff and like you say there's some classic texts from the nsca it's just like, right, are you being savagely good at the basics and getting the most out That's of right. simple, I'll call it in quotations, textbooks by comparison, you know, are you really getting maximum from every single page from that book? So yeah, 100% agree, bud. Yes, sir. Brilliance in the basics. It has never, ever, ever failed me. Exactly, exactly, bud. Well, Jeff, you know, once again, thank you so much. I know you're a super busy dude. So thanks for uh, finding some time in your schedule. Sit down, chat to me. I've made a ton of notes. I think anyone listening to this is going to get a lot from this show as well, dude. You know, if anyone wants to reach out to you just to find out what's going on in your department or to bounce ideas off or anything like that, what's the best way they can get in touch with you? For sure. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I think maybe I might have sent you a link that you can make available. Um, you know, unfortunately, I'm Jeff Johnson. So it's not like the most unique name to look up. Mm-hmm. Um but fortunately, um, I'm the only one that looks like me, some old bald guy um, with a gray beard. Uh, although this is becoming far more uh, common in the strength coach world now, all of a sudden. Um, so, but um, I, I would say I'm on Facebook. I'm not really there professionally. I, I, I go on there because um, again, the NSCA runs some great um, pages through there. Um, there's some other 
business related things that I do through there. And of course, a little fishing. Um, but uh, really LinkedIn, um, my email, um, both professionally is uh, Jeffrey Johnson or Jeffrey.johnson at austintexas.gov. Um, that's available. My, my personal email is jeffreywjohnson0405 at gmail. Um, I, more than anything, um, aside from taking care of the people that I have every day, um, like I said earlier, if you have any questions, if you even think maybe that I might be able to help you in any way, do please reach out. Um, it's, there's nothing that I would rather do than help somebody help somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, there's no reason that, um, that I can't be available for whoever has um, any desire. So if you can find me, hit me up and I'll do anything I can to, um, to help. That's awesome, Jeff. Thank you once again there. Really, really appreciate that, dude. So I'll pop those links in to our show notes as well, dude, and anyone can reach out to you. Um, you know, once again, mate, thank you for being so gracious for your time, Jeff. It's very much appreciated. You bet. Thank you very much for having me. This is terrific. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Take care, buddy. You bet. Hi, guys. Really hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Monarch Team Performance Podcast. I just wanted to say thank you for your continued support to the show. We're slowly growing each week and getting more and more downloads, which is truly incredible for such a niche-specific podcast. To continue supporting us, can I ask you to do me a simple favor? First of all, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're using so you can receive each new episode as soon as it's released. Secondly, if you found something educational, if it made you see a different perspective, or if you took something away from this podcast that made you better, please leave us a review as it means a lot to me, and please share the show. This will help us to grow the show and really get this information out to a lot more people.